Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today. Yes, I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. We're live. We're live. And where none of us are going to talk about the size of our dick. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Except that mine is massive and yours is a micro penis, Lindsay. Um, Clitorati. <laughs> Pride Month has never been celebrated in a more mainstream way. If you haven't been living under a rock, you've seen every network from the PBS documentary on LGBTQ plus seniors go to prom. It was amazing. To Madagascar introducing a non-binary character. To the Today Show showcasing how the dress code process Project is improving salon experience for LGBTQ people all over the world. And we get to all get to stand united and experience pure joy while normalizing the spectrum of the entire rainbow. <laughs> so we have two gay, infamous, fabulous men in the studio today. Have you ever heard of MAC <laughs> Cosmetics? One of them is the global director. The other is a master at bringing out the true, authentic essence of his famous clients, which is more than makeup, hair, and bobby pins. Collectively, you guys, these two men have designed the faces of all the hottest stars to date. I'm going to brag for you. You may have seen, you know, Gwen Stefani, Katy Perry, Cher, Fran Drescher, Anne Heche, and Carrie Washington, just to name a few. Please welcome (laughs) Gregory Arlt and John Leichfeldt. Yes. yes. Oh my God. Yes. Happy Pride Month. Well, first of all, I wish our listeners could see you. Can you please send us a selfie as what you look like for this I interview? Mean, I wish we were with you in person right now. Yeah. We totally like will. Always fabulous. They look, a total they look amazing. Yeah. And Gregory, you. you've got these yeah. antlers. Your head is positioned perfectly with like those antler heads. Like, yeah. You like uh-huh. that? The bucks, uh-huh. we each have a I really like that. The buck stops here. <laughs> oh dear. The buck stops here. You're both so vegan. funny. Oh my gosh. We've been we've been cracking up with them before we started pressing record. We're like, what's the one thing we can't ask you? They're like, what how big our dicks is? And then they're like, Do you have any questions for us? He's like, How big is your dick? <laughs> well, basically, Lindsay's like, I'm gonna totally find out what you don't want to say, and I'm gonna actually say it when we're recording. So score for Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the bad clit. I'm the naughty clit. I love it. Um, I love a naughty I'm, clit. No. <laughs> Good. Carry on. <laughs> That's probably something you thought you'd never say, never. right? Um, well, well, we are celebrating Pride Month and we could not have two humans who were most, more excited about having this conversation with. And you definitely came dressed to impress. I was like, we're, are they going, going to a party after this? And they're like, no, just in our bedroom. Um, so Gregory and John. <laughs> yeah. Um, what does pride mean to you? You first. Uh, pride to me means sitting in your truth and really being uh, courageous enough to inspire people with it. And that means the youth. That means people that are are yet to discover how hard it can be to uh, be authentic. And, and really, I think for me, it's just about um, leading with that as much as possible. My answer is what he said, but (laughs) (laughs) 
I know. I was like, that was really well said. It was really well said. That's like following Beyonce at the Super Bowl. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No. You just don't do it. No, like the Beatles on Sullivan. No, I think it, literally I echo what he said. And I also think for me, it's it's just being unapologetic about who you are. Literally not mm-hmm. hiding and, and mm-hmm. being proud of who you are, period. Because I, I not to speak for John, but I know so many of us have um, hidden literally in the shadows for so long because we couldn't be, you know, it was well, unacceptable. Yeah, I, I want to yeah. add too that I think it's so so much easier to be prideful and sit in your pride when you study the history of the struggle, yes. you know, and when you really understand mm. how so many people, you know, fought for us in this mm-hmm. moment and moments to come, it is so much easier to uh, to find that courage to be in a prideful state. So I, yes. I believe that that's a really critical thing. It's like I say about everything in life. If you know your history, you can do so much. To, mm-hmm. to build on on that. So mm-hmm. if you don't know your past, you don't know your wow. future. If you don't know where you've been, you don't know where you're going. Mm-hmm. I feel like now we're in a Disney movie and I'm here for it. Oh, that's so well said and very inspirational and actually giving me some things to think about mm-hmm. too. Yeah, um, I kind of want to reiterate well. what John said. So to those who get to discover how hard it is to be authentic, that is so powerful because you actually have to have the courage to 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 try, you know, and then discover along the way how hard it is to ongoingly be your true self. Yeah, it's totally. like it's like anything just, in life. It's like it's like a muscle. You work mm-hmm. you work hard at it to keep it strong and to keep it you know, performing the way you need it to perform. And I think that's the same thing with courage. It's the same thing with vulnerability. It's the same thing with all those really hard emotions that we're required to possess as human beings. And I think Mm -hmm. that we just have to each day work a little bit, you know, at it. And, you know, no one is perfect at it. No one will ever be perfect at it. But we can find pride in the fact that we have a mindset that is willing to keep trying at it and to be, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm. where it flows easier through our lives because we try every day. Mm. That wow. part. That's amazing. My <laughs> that guess. Part. I know, this is pretty so deep, good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, we're, I think we're at such a unique point in history because conversations like non-binary and conversations like transgender are more at the forefront than they've ever been. And so I think, and and I think there's a lot of people having the courage like you talked about to you know express these even at older ages like I have a family member who's 50 who called me and because they know about my podcast and they they came out as non-binary and I was the first person in the family that they told wow and um yeah and so and I and and they said if they had had the resources at a younger age maybe life would have been different but I think there were the trailblazers and now we're at this point where there's all people of so many different ages being able to really be their authentic self, which is really beautiful to see. And we can't forget that pride is a protest. I mean, it started by a a black, Mm. you know, drag queen throwing a brick through a window. You know, it was like, it's, Mm. that's where it all began. And John couldn't have said it better. I mean, it really is knowing your history. And I think it's, I think it's, you know, 
fascinating to see people jumping up in rainbow garb and feeling proud that way. And there's, there's so many ways to express that. And I think my personal pride is pretty much everything that John said. It is that person in dripping in rainbows because it's, it's an expression of pride. And, but again, for me, just being mm-hmm. unapologetic about who I am. Because I had to be apologetic. Yeah. I, had to, I had to apologize or not say who yeah. I was or, you know, get embarrassed if someone made a gay joke and, you know, all that. And now it's mm-hmm. just like, no, that doesn't work anymore. Well, I think it's important, <laughs> too, for your listeners to know that you you cannot find that place of pride if you're if you're swimming in shame. You yes. know, and, you know mm. shame is the one thing that will keep you from your truth. And that much I know for sure. And so... If you can practice not living in shame, being prideful will be such an easier road. I mean, that is, that's so well said. And I think a conversation that every human being on earth can relate to, to a certain extent is like shame over something. How did you get to this place? Like what was, what was the best practice or, or the thing that really had you stay, like you're speaking so eloquently. It's, I have goosebumps all over my body and I'm like, how, for somebody who's maybe listening, who's really struggling right now. How can they begin their journey to start releasing the shame and start to stand in their authentic self? I think the easiest way to do it is to just allow yourself to experience life. Life is not a steady, you know, anything. It is it is such a, a twisty, turny road. And there's going to be so many hard things that um, that we do um live through and, and so many great things too. And I think the balance of both of those things, you know, lend to the wisdom and the knowledge and the courage that we can all use when we, when we engage with one another, when I engage with the youth, um, when I engage with fellow artists, when I engage with my clients, you know, it's like, I always say we're, we're unofficial, you know, psychologists when we're working with clients because we're not just hair and makeup. I mean, we're dealing with people riddled with anxiety and, you know, you know, talk about vulnerability. They're getting on stages to perform for everybody. And so we're at the brunt of, at the precipice of who they are before they step on that stage. And, you know, so we have to show up in such a bigger way than um, just just making them beautiful. So, and I think also too, and that's I mean, and I, I couldn't have said that better. And it's both of our experience with that for sure. And I think just kind of going back to how do you, you know, how do you find yourself in a place where you don't go down that spiral of shame? That's I mean, listen, it's been a hard road. We've you know, John and I are you know in our <clears throat> we're plenty nine years old. And, <laughs> you know, it's been, well, she it's was been referring you know, to older people as being 50 and I'm 51. <laughs> like when did older people get to be 50? It's here. We're here. We're <laughs> officially middle-aged. If I, if I live to be a hundred, then I'm middle-aged, but <laughs> now I think, you know, it's such a journey. And you don't look a day over 20, day over whatever age we're claiming to be. No, um, Exactly. I I always say that, you know, John and I, one thing that we draw so much inspiration from each other, because it's all about evolution and that path. And we love to learn and we, we, it's all about growth and working on ourselves. And I think that hopefully people can do that as well. (laughs) It would be nice. Yeah. Yes. And you, and you you two are in such a, a unique position, something that our listeners 
you know, a huge theme in our community is self-love, right? And loving yourself on the inside yes. and the outside, yes. right? And and you, I love, I love how you said that you really allow, you know, women and humans, their true essence to arise through your artistry. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, because of their makeup and their hair and which is so fun, you know, I like, I'm like the girl who can like go on a camping trip, but I, you know, who doesn't like to like get glammed up, right? Glam is all amazing <laughs> as well. Um, and so can you talk exactly. to us? Glamping. Exactly. Let's get. Oh, we do that too, we actually. So hard. Which is a hotel with no room service. Is that glamping? <laughs> that's my. That's my yes. form of glamping. I'm with you, Katie. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but can you can you talk a little bit to you know your thoughts on self love and you know both inner and external beauty and how those work together? Yes, for sure. You know, um, it's funny because for years and years, I mean, I've always considered myself a beauty exorcist, you know, like pulling the beauty out of somebody. And that's always been my sort of mantra, you know, revealing the beauty within, pulling it out of somebody instead of trying to make them somebody they're not. And it's interesting because I've said that for years, right? That's always been kind of my mantra, like I said, and it's about, you know, respecting somebody's well, you know, the usual coloring, bone structure. But for me, the most important thing is personality and tapping into that. And now that I've, you know, where I am now, I realize I can make somebody look good to the best of my ability. And I, with the best of my 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 energy and being around them, I can do my best to make them feel good, but it really is up to them at the end of the day to feel good. I, there's, mm. My responsibility stops after a while there. But I think that for the most part, when you work with people for so long and have incredible, you know, loyal clientele and it's such an energy thing in a lot of ways, it really is just about really the, the art of collaboration and, you know, just mm. that's, that's my final answer. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Well, I mean, <laughs> look, every single, every single person has, um, every single person has authenticity and it really comes down to help helping them find that within the within the context of that hour or hour and a half that you're with them and it's and it's um not always so clear and obvious to people that you know what their authenticity mm-hmm. is and mm-hmm. so it's almost like we are yeah. sort of the the tour guide to that and mm-hmm. you know kind of saying yes you can pull this off yes you can own this so easily you can walk into a room and people will believe this. They have to believe it. And so it's in getting them to believe it that really becomes the goal because Mm -hmm. we can do, you know, any kind of makeup and hair there is. But if if someone's not walking into the room feeling like they own that look, then it's just a costume that nobody believes in. So Right. So true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just like... For coming to his TED Talk. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So much. You guys yeah, should you do guys a really talk. should do a TED talk. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be, be great. Talk. Don't talk. Exactly. <laughs> Would you say cock talk? Um, you have one thing on your mind, Lindsay, and I'm here for it. You know, we do share a brain, clearly. <laughs> I'm here for, those, for the it. Listeners, she just actually left the screen for a minute laughing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Lindsay disappeared. <laughs> Okay, I'm sick Aww. right now. Dick-quil? That's what oh, I Dick-quil. Yeah, the dick quill. Oh my god. I need I need I'm I'm running low on vitamin D, guys. Oh my god. Oh, endless. This is and endless. they keep coming. Keep coming. So Yeah, and so do the jokes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the dick jokes are never ending here. Literally Thank speaking. God. Oh you know. my god. 
literally oh, never ends. Okay. All right, so you're here. You you guys are here to tell us your coming out stories, and I'm I'm really excited to to hear this portion of the episode. So, which one of well, you I never want went to go in, first? So, oh, oh, <laughs> no. oh, no, I'm joking. Great. I'm joking. Well, why don't you start with your story, John? My coming out story. Well, um, <laughs> I always joke and say that I've been doing makeover so long that I did vaginal rejuvenation when I came out. Because um, <laughs> he was a C-section. <laughs> but I was a C-section, so that's a lie. Um, oh, oh, I that. I was oh a me too. I feel your pain. <laughs> no, um, I, my, my coming out story truly was was easier than most because I had a mother that is or was a social worker. <laughs> and so she had a, a, a great understanding about the diversity of people. And it was a little bit different when it hits home, um, you know, even though she did have all that knowledge. But it took me until I was in college to truly tell the first person um, my truth. And, and it was... I still remember it like it was yesterday that I did it because it's such a monumental moment in our lives as queer people. And, you know, and it, and it always has disturbed me that we, in a way, I feel honored and disturbed that we have to have that moment, that declaration moment where we mm-hmm. have to reveal ourselves because heterosexual people do not. And, right. and, so it, mm-hmm. it it seems a little unfair, but at the same time, freeing. And it was the beginning of of being courageous. It was the beginning of not having to <clears throat> hide, but it was the, also the beginning of of that journey, that shame journey, not being ashamed of what I was attracted to, not being ashamed of how I wanted to look, not being ashamed of, you know showing up at at home with a new boyfriend and saying, this is who I love. You know, it was all of that. And, and so it was baby steps for me. I wasn't good at it for, for years (laughs) until I was probably in my thirties. So there's no manual either. If (laughs) you think about it, I mean, we can have mentors all we want, but their journey is their journey, not my journey. Yeah. It's just a simple guideline when you look up to somebody. Yeah. But also didn't come from, I didn't come Mm. from a strictly religious home I think it's so much harder for for people that do come from homes like that. I had a pretty liberal home and that I that I grew up in. I grew up in the country on a farm. It wasn't like I had um I had really strict um sort of boundaries around me. So I think people that grew up in a lot of structure like that, especially with religion as a backdrop, have it 20 times harder than everybody else when it comes to coming out. So Mm. I'll take men to that. Pun intended. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Amen. Amen. Mm. Because they're so worried about disappointing their, their parents and the church and the church and the religion that they have so ingrained into. Yeah. The list goes on. Definitely. And talk about shame. I mean, that's like times 10. (laughs) Exactly. Mm, Although they don't religious, religious shame is no joke. (laughs) No joke. Amen. It's really real. Yeah. (laughs) Plitterati, so we have a special surprise for you. We have decided to do the five-day sex and empowerment digital course for free again. Live July 19th to the 23rd. We'll be doing it at 10 a.m. 
we're hoping that the 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time will allow a lot more of you to be live with us per your request. This first round was so successful, we saw results right before our eyes. The community for our signature masterclass is booming. So if you're looking to prioritize yourself, maximize your pleasure, communicate your desires, and light up any room, please sign up at www.clittalkshow.com backslash self-love. If you signed up for this last round and weren't able to participate live, you need to sign up again. We will not be spamming anyone who signed up for the last Sex and Empowerment free digital course. This will be a brand new fresh list. So please sign up again at clittalkshow.com backslash self-love. Please join us. It's going to be amazing. July 19th to the 23rd, live with Katie, Lindsay, and Sugar at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We look forward to seeing you there. Hey, Clitorati, we wanted to take a quick minute to share about our Patreon. You know, we absolutely love being able to create weekly episodes and continue to normalize our message of pleasure on earth. Our Patreon is a monthly subscription crowdfunding platform that allows us here at Clit Talk to have the flexibility to expand our message without having to worry about how it's going to financially impact us personally. We are committed to expanding and creating new and exciting things like live events and a safe VIP community so you can share and be heard in real time. So if Clit Talk makes a difference for you and you'd like to connect with us on a whole new behind the scenes level, please consider supporting our Patreon. Your support makes a huge difference for us so we can make a difference for you. Well, I always say there was three times I came out. When I came out to my friends, when I came out to my family, but really when I came out to myself. And, you know, Mm. totally, because, you know, we, it's funny, I hashtag born this way. Like I knew from the beginning that I was a gay man. I didn't know what the word meant. I knew that my, when I was, you know, four years old, my teacher with the hairy chest was hot. And I, you know what I mean? Like, it was just literally ever since I can remember. And, you know, I grew up in a very um, feminine household. Two older sisters, a mother and a father who's an artist who was very encouraged. Like instead of throwing a ball around the yard, he taught us how to paint, you know? So it was Mm -hmm. very that. And it's interesting because, um, you know, and it just was this perfect storm. Like I grew up in this home and I was born a gay man. So it was interesting because as John and I were, were, he's much older than me, 10 months so we're the same age, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, um, I grew up in the 80s. I was a teenager in the 80s. And I grew up in Lucky. suburbia. Like I grew up in, I grew up in Los Angeles, but never the big city. I grew up in like Westchester by the airport. And it was very like suburbia. And it was very one, white wonder bread. You know, it was not a diverse place to grow up at all. And it was different. And I think, you know, just kind of, it was interesting because I always had this, this proclivity to, you know, jump on the bus and go to Melrose, like back in the day. And, and I met gay people and it was like, Ooh, and it was like a big deal. And then of course it was so chic and it used to be bi. And I always joke and say, bye now, gay later. But, um, you know, it, so I, I, I kind of hid behind the mask of being bi, you know, I see. You know, and it was interesting. I led a a real, a literal double life. I would go to high school and then like on the weekends, I'd go to clubs and wear makeup and, you know, hang out with gay people. So it was interesting because I thought, 
you know, I had, I had had this group of friends who were gay and they knew that I was, you know, basically gay. But then I had other friends that I didn't, I felt embarrassed to tell because I'd grown up with them. What are they going to think? And I know this is a very long-winded answer, so I'll wrap it up. But basically, like, you know... No, it's great. Okay, then I'll keep going. So when I was in... You have the floor. This is the spotlight is on you. Okay. Yeah, not you. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. No, I I know. But for me, I remember, like I said, I have two older sisters. And my eldest sister, who's seven years older than me, um, I remember saying to her, um, can we go to dinner? I, I really want to talk to you about something. Cause I thought she would be the first person I would bounce it off of in the family and get, she was my, my litmus test. Like what would our parents say? Yeah. And I, and I remember I going to her place at the time and I was like, she's like, where do you want to eat tonight? And I'm like, I don't know. Where do you want to eat? She goes, I don't, listen, will you just tell me you're gay already so we can figure out where we're going to eat? And I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so she kind of sort of vaguely outed me, but in a really sweet way. And we actually oh. talked about it for a long time. Mm. Said, look, mom and dad know they're confused by it. They, they don't, they, they won't love you any less, but you know, it was weird living in a very sheltered place. And at that time, if you were gay, like gay, we had no role models on TV. There was no gay person. It was either the super flamboyant queen on TV or the very effeminate man. And I was like, well, I don't relate to that. It was very difficult. We didn't have what we had then. So right. came out to that sister, mm. came out to my other sister who burst into tears, not because I was gay, but because she's like, why didn't you tell me earlier? And she kind of made it about her. I love you generally. And then when my eldest sister finally got married and had a baby, I remember holding my nephew as an infant. It was a very profound moment. My mother was sitting across from me and I said, she goes, you want one of those someday, don't you? And at the time I was kind of like, sure. And I was like, yeah, I think so. She goes, well, when you meet Mrs. Wright, pause, 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 or Mr. Wright. And I went mm-hmm. and she looked at me with a smile and I looked at her and I go, that would probably be more appropriate. I said, but you knew that, didn't you? And she goes, yeah, I knew. And I go, can you tell dad? <laughs> and it's funny can because- That's very sweet. That was really it's sweet. So sweet. And it's interesting because yeah. unfortunately, my mother passed away 25 years ago. And ironically, it, I just let, my dad is the sweetest, nicest human. John will tell you. I mean, he's yeah. he's very proper and gentlemanly. Very gentlemanly, very charming, very mm-hmm. sweet. And a couple, like literally three years ago or so, we got into this like three hour conversation. And he said to me, he's like, you know, you never told me yourself. It was interesting. It was just a given. And so it was weird because- in a weird way, like three years ago, I kind of came out to him, even though he knew. But you know what I mean? It was right. very... But that's, I think it's that way for uh, like a lot of people because you only really come out to a couple of people and then they spread the word for you. So yeah. it's not like you have these designated mm. conversations with each person yeah. in your family or, you know, your your uh, tribe. You just sort of trust that word will spread just like anything else, so... Right. Makes it easier. I never thought but about I totally, that. yeah. Like your dad yeah. was like, I just wanted you to acknowledge it to me. Like right. I and knew. It's so funny. Correct. And and to John's point, like you don't think, okay, uh, mom check, dad check, my best <laughs> friend check, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. But it it does it is but it's interesting too because 
I think for me, when I actually came out to myself, because again, we grew up in the 80s, like mm. AIDS was rampant. It was very scary to be gay. Right. And, yeah. you know, and I remember thinking, oh my God, I can't tell my parents because they're going to think I might die or that, you know, I yeah. happen to think I'm dating around that could be dangerous. So I actually thought I'm not going to come out until I meet the love of my life. And then mm. tell them, but then what a backfire. Cause it's like, wait, you've been dating someone for like nine months and now, you know what I mean? So, or whatever. So mm. it's just, there's no really easy way to do it, I suppose, but it's, it's a tough journey. Yeah. But I think, you know, what I know for sure is that <clears throat> you don't tell your truth as soon as you're, as you possibly can. And as soon as you can find the courage, you're, you're robbing your loved ones of the opportunity to grow themselves because in us coming out mm, and telling yes. the truth, it challenges what they know to be true. It challenges mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. their truth and what they've always believed. And so then they have to do the deep dive on what does it mean to have a gay child? You know, and what, you know, how, how do I, right. how do I navigate this? And without, you know, casting them out into the world alone, which is the worst right. possible scenario. But, yes. you know, it does force a conversation and a, and a growth inside them that wouldn't wouldn't happen otherwise if you just kept it to yourself. Mm. And if you and if you could give any advice to a parent who's listening, who who maybe thinks, you know, their child is gay or non-binary or what would be your advice to those parents? If I, their kid hasn't come out yet. I think... You know what? That is a really great question. I think my advice would be that number one, it's it's not your fault. No one makes you gay. Um, and be gentle, be kind. It's your child. It's like I read, I saw this meme or or posting that said, if you can't imagine having a gay child, don't have children. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, kind yeah. Of. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. I mean, be honest. You can't don't have control kids. this. That's right. That would yeah. be what yeah. I would say. It's, like, it's like anything. It's like the, the 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 only thing to say in that scenario is love them anyways. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, and that's mm-hmm. all they need. They don't need you to completely understand. They don't need you to, you know, walk in a, a gay pride parade with them necessarily, but they just need your love. You that's know? right. Mm-hmm. And support. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, especially these days, we got the Gen Zers and pretty much 90% of them are fluid anyways, so... Yeah, exactly. You I mean, know what I mean? They're like eight-year-old nieces of they. The future is fluid. yeah. They're like <laughs> labels, like really gender. Like, what do you mean? Fuck off! Oh, you're I you. Do feel, like, stop I do like, feel like I do feel like that's a lot of a Los Angeles thing, and not so much yeah. like yeah, Medina, Maybe. Ohio, like where I'm from. Yeah, and I'm from Michigan. <laughs> Maybe so it's definitely not. Happening. Yeah, sure, yeah. I mean, me I, born, born and raised here. Speaking to like, yeah, the, like Los yeah. Angeles is a really interesting little place here, isn't it? You know, it <laughs> it's is. so born not. Yeah, ooh, yeah, yeah. You mentioned yeah. that, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm also, I'm also born and raised here. Really from Why do you think so many we're people weird. flock here yes, from, weird. from Ohio and Michigan? You know, in places I know so many across America is because right. it is so accepting here. You can be anything right. you want to be in in cities like LA, and New York, and and uh, so you know, that's central also, LA, that's, not the outskirts. Well, that, but that's also that's a place of right. right to like get up and leave the only place you know to come to a place <clears> like this to try to make life happen. You know, the way right. people yeah. Re- yeah, exactly. Right. And they reinvent themselves and they come to the big city because there is opportunity and acceptance. Generally. Totally. Yeah. 
city full of dreamers. Right. You really get to create the life that you always imagined, you know, because right. it's possible. Art direct mm-hmm. your own life. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So we have what well, I have one more question, then we'll see if Katie and Sugar have any. But so here at Clit Talk, we consider ourselves pleasure activists. I love that. <laughs> and yeah, and um, it's really our mission, right? So we'll try it almost anything once if you listen to our show <laughs> in the name of pleasure. And we're currently, um, what is currently your like daily, weekly, monthly routines that you use to stay turned on? And and this could be sexually or not, like just turned on in life. We believe that we, in our, in our sex and empowerment course, we really are coaching people to live a turned on life in every area of life. I love yeah, that. This is all we have. I agree. In fact, I, I've been working um, with this this new uh, sex toy company that's winning all these awards. I, I've been working on the campaign oh. doing hair and makeup and Laura DiCarlo. And she's partnered with Cara Delevingne on this. And it's it's really about mental health. You know, it's about mm. using these these tools that look like Dyson like or <laughs> like sculptures instead of dicks you know and like like the obvious sex toys it looked it looked no one would know what it was if it was sitting on your counter but it's really about allowing yourself to to not have shame around masturbation and to know that it leads to good mental health and that whole conversation i think is getting bigger and bigger and bigger Mm -hmm. and is that a pun yeah, Sorry, go on. Kind of, you know, but it needs to, it needs to keep going, and I think shows like yours will help help keep it going. And um, but for me, it's really just creativity is always the thing that turns me on, and that is something I do in my show. Like I did, I like to say, like you said in the answer of the show, nothing's off limits when you're when you're like minded, and and it's really covering all the bases of creativity, whether it's gardening or sewing or cooking or whatever it is. And it's just keeping those creative, you know, gears turning at all times. And uh, that's what turns me on. I love your Pussy Bows video on Like Minded. <laughs> it's so oh, thank you, good. Thank you. Such a and boss I, I bitch. That look. Look. Like the word. <laughs> yeah, you just like the word. <laughs> well, it's definitely what drew Maybe. me in. But yeah. then I was like, oh, it's just so glamorous, but business and... Mm. It can be so many things. And that's the that's the mm-hmm. great thing about it is limitless. It's just up to your imagination because you can do a pussy bow, but you could do a hundred different kinds of pussy bows, you know, and it's just limitless. So I call it the placebo effect. Oh, just- very good. <laughs> placebo. Very oh good, my Gregory. God. Thank you. I'm here all week, literally. You were so funny. No. And I think for me, I would love to be able to say like, oh, I go into my drawing room and read Shakespeare in Latin, but I actually <laughs> love, which I do backwards, really. No, I, I, <laughs> I get sugar, crack, over, Dying. done. Dying. But I'm done. I, I, I don't do that anymore. Um no, I love, like John, being creative. Like I love, I love to draw. It's one of my favorite passions. He's an amazing artist. He's got a, a work of art on Instagram as his, his artist site. So work of art? Okay, got a it. A work of art, yes. Because that's my last name. We both, are both of our, um, our, our creativity, our creative shows have our names. Based on our last name. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But that's how I do it, you know, and I love to, you know, take long sunset walks to the refrigerator 
I um, <laughs> now I love being outdoors, especially during this insane time. You know, I go hiking a lot, and yeah. my body would tell you otherwise, but it's just more for my head. Yeah, that's what turns me up. Mm. <laughs> love it, oh wisdom. Love it, amazing. I love that. <laughs> well, speaking of which, you guys do both have shows. Can you tell our listeners? A little bit about those, the the other, you know, ways they can keep in touch with you, your Instagram handles, all that all jazz. All that jazz. My, all my, that jizz. Is, it is that what they, all that, what was that? Did I hear? And all that jizz. I love it. Jizz hand. <laughs> I got a jazz handed to you. Um, <laughs> we do this like once a week. Do we have to just do this at Gay Pride Month, you guys? Seriously. Oh, no, no, please come back. Want. We would love to have you back. Please come back we, anytime you want. We actually do cock talk episodes where we bring oh. men on yeah. and like panels of men to ask you, ask questions. I like panels. To talk about different subjects. Yeah, we love panels of men. <laughs> if you're willing to come back, we'd love to have I mean, you back. And we would love it. Katie, they're saying we love panels of men. <laughs> <You're laughs> <hearing this>. <laughs> I couldn't hear. They're in. I mean, and yeah, I'm just, I'm like, let's get drinks. I just want to hang out with yeah, you. you know, can we just let's hang out? out. Let's go out dancing. Yeah. We'll yeah. stay in dancing. Maybe no. we could do men. That's even better. So much better. Like minded. Men well, I, we, could, we could do our walls with panels of men. We most certainly could. Yeah. Now, I, for me, I, I do have a very infantile, it's so funny with, with social media. So I, I'm at Gregory Arlt, my first and last name, on Instagram as my main handle. I do have a work of Arlt, um, which is a vulnerable thing for me to promote because I love drawing and it was just more of a hobby. But John's like, put it out there. So that's fun. Yeah. And um I'm trying to sort of vaguely-ish-esque grow my YouTube presence. Um, mm. So watch the space for updates. Yes. Back to him. He's yeah. my he's my he's okay. my director and editor for like minded and, and cameraman. And cameraman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but my I, like, my YouTube is at like minded and my Instagram is at John Likefelt Beauty. And you also have an Instagram okay. at like minded. At like minded also on Instagram. Okay, perfect. And we'll and we'll obviously have all of this linked in our show notes for our listeners as well. Um, thank you, John and Gregory, so oh much gosh. for coming on and being with us today. Um, the, the, it's been such an honor. And the way that you speak about Pride is so profound and moving. And I i mean, I can only speak for myself. I definitely feel like I have a new level of respect for it. And um you know, Katie Sugar and myself, we always say we don't have the answers. We're just here to ask the questions. And boy, are we so glad that we asked you the questions today because this was such a profound episode. I love that. Well, we're and proud to have been here. Well, asking questions is a talent in itself because sometimes people can't find the words, right? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's I, true. I, I got so much out of this episode, something that um, I could really have more pride around and really keep uh, stepping into my truth around is that I'm, I'm Polly. My, my partner and I have, honestly, we're living our best lives. Like, I don't know what to say to my mother and father. They, they kind of understand it. They know about my life. And I think they're incredibly curious. But it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I told them once. So like, I hope they forgot. But can you now Wait. download what Polly really means? It's many, correct? Or Multi-love, yeah. What, say that again. Well, literally translated, uh, it translates to multi-love. 
And really, it's open relationships. But I, th- I really have it that polyamory is a is a philosophy. It's it's a um, we've had a f- several several episodes uh, where people share their different perspectives. And, and what I can say for for myself is that it is a it's a lifestyle, and it's a it's a community, and it's about intimacy, uh, deep relationships, openness, consent, respect, growing together. Um, all of these delicious, yummy things. And I have like a dozen mm. lovers and I'm proud of it. And I don't even have penetrative sex with all of them. And explaining this and laying this out, I just, sometimes it's easier when that questions come, but to kind of walk around with a badge, mm-hmm. you know, to be like, poly pride all day, every day. It's a lot for some people. It's just like, it's like, I'm kind of like, well, if they want to come to me, we can talk about it. We can talk about all the things. I'm pansexual. Like, let's talk about it all day. But otherwise, um, I'm not necessarily wearing that on my sleeve. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah. in this episode, yeah. it's just it like... It define you. It's, well, that's it's the just thing. part of you. We've yeah. always said it yeah. shouldn't define. And it's interesting because you used a word just then where you said it's my lifestyle. And I've always... Mm. My, I remember that was... And, and that's that's a good word for, for you. And it's interesting because somebody once said, well, if that's your lifestyle, and I remember saying about me, well, it's not a lifestyle. It's actually my life. You know, it's a life lifestyle. And I think when we start to get into so many new, I mean, it's probably Mm -hmm. not new, but, you know, new to the public vernacular, some of these terms like poly and pan and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's so good that you are actually talking about it in a public forum like this because it's very mm. educational and it's it's inspiring it's so brave and i applaud it and Aww. and that's that's where understanding you know arrives is when people have the courage to talk about you know what what their experience is and 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 destigmatize it you know mm-hmm. well the two of you yep. today like exactly. seriously just like here. re-inspired <clears throat> me around the importance of 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 us voicing our authentic truth um, yes, and letting go of the shame. Of like you, well, you well, can't you know, have pride right? if you have shame. Yeah. You <laughs> exactly. They you don't can't. coexist. They're no, they're not even in the same room. Pride can't live unless mm. shame is eradicated. Like you right. cannot be living in your pride. If you're, if you're swimming in shame, just remember We're that. We're quoting it, you on our yeah. Instagram. That's gonna, <laughs> you'll see an upcoming oh, yeah. post. <laughs> I feel like like that's the name of the episode. (laughs) Well, okay. So, so Gregory and John, we have one more silly little fun request of you. So we end every episode with something that we call the pussy chant. Oh. And basically, (laughs) (laughs) basically it's just, we'll basically just say pussy over and over and over again. Should we chant Pride? It's the Pride Month episode. I I kind of just had that thought too. I'm like, should we maybe do Pride for this one? Or generate a little, yeah. Pride. I feel like that, that. Let's do Pride. I feel like Pride makes more yeah. sense. Like All right. So, Clitorati, we're changing up our chant for the end of this show for a very, very special chant. So, here we go. Pride. 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 Happy Pride. Pride, 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 pride. pride. All right. And with that, Clarati, we're going to see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clit Talk. Be sure to visit clittalkshow.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram 
at Clit Talk Show for your clit fix in between episodes.